Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Amy. And this is Small Town Not Small Minds. the pleasure just recently to visit the Beyond Van Gogh Museum. It was in Calgary. I actually found myself like walking into the art installation side of it, walked in and I've never had this reaction like instantly. I just started crying. Oh, really? Um, Van Gogh was like one of the first artists that I fell in love with when I studied art in high school. And he was the first painting I did as a replication his story is quite sad and like before you walk into the interactive you learn a lot about his biography and it was really neat and when I walked in there I just cried for him because I was like can you imagine people are walking on this earth celebrating your art artists don't really get celebrated oftentimes it's actually when once they're dead yeah and their struggle of their story is so real and like he had so much push through like he tried to make it as a art dealer. Then he tried to make it as a priest. Then he tried to, then he like put himself in a sane asylum. Like it just leaves you questioning so much about his life. And then we celebrate this and it's just, there's so much beauty behind it. But I'm like, these people are often people within our own society that are outcasts or seen as, you know, freaks or, you know, names that we stigmatize to people that were like, oh, that's not typical behavior and yet they're so brilliant there's such a brilliant side to them and so I like that was my initial reaction is just watching this and crying and for him but also like can you imagine people are celebrating your work the way they are now and so like the legacy that the impact we have leaving behind is truly significant and our story is actually really important each of our stories so feel like I was there from your description. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll send you some of the, I'll show you some of the video clips. <laughs> Go see it. I don't know how long it's in Calgary for. Um, Beyond Van Gogh. You can just Google it. Calgary. It's a traveling exhibit, so it won't be here for much longer, I don't think. It's been here for a while. So, yeah. I'm feeling very grateful that I had the privilege to attend it. What's up with you, Alex? So, I did some traveling not to Calgary, but to Fernie. And I wanted to tell you about my Airbnb experience. Yes. <laughs> it was its own suite in the basement, sort okay. of. Okay, yeah. So the upstairs has the stairwell down, and mm-hmm. um, and we had our own private room and, and that kind of stuff. But um, we could just tell that we rubbed her the wrong way, you know, like in an interaction when you're like, mm, she's not thrilled with us, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was pet friendly, and we had a dog there, and it was on the furniture, which was not allowed. Did not know that fact. Okay. Um, And she, like, scolded us. And, like, you felt kind of like children, you know? And also, I had touched the thermostat. And then when I came back, um, there was a sticky note on it that was, like, don't touch. Oh, because it's, like, shared. Like, all of it. It's not, like... No, the thermostat was just for the basement. Oh. Yeah. And she was just very present. You know when you go to Airbnb, like... They might like check you in and, and yeah. then they're out of your hair. Yeah. Uh, that was not the case. Yeah. She was like very much present. 
And so it was fine. It was like a little uncomfortable, but it's like, okay, it's fine. And and then, you know, you get the email and it's like, you can read their review yes. after you give a review. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I was very polite in my review. I said like, it was very cozy. And <laughs> I was like, the Airbnb host is very present on like the property and around because maybe you, you she don't want that. the property. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> And um, our Airbnb host, like, did the absolute least with her review on us, but, like, high impact damage, you know? Three letters long, no uppercase, just all lowercase, no punctuation. Not my fave. Wow! (laughs) Yeah, so forever now, on my Airbnb profile, it says, not my fave. I hate that review. Me too. Like, be more specific. Like, but also, I would yeah. love to read. What did you read on the other? I want to like know more. Of oh, the other I went very comments. deep into yeah. it. Yeah. So everyone else's comments about the Airbnb were like lovely. Host was so friendly. Like ev- raving reviews. Not one review that she gave was negative that I looked. And I looked at the whole past 2021. I looked at every Ooh. review she left. She would be like, because someone brought a cat. I forget its name. And it was like, Cheeto was a great vibe. She was like, so-and-so were lovely. Love to have them here. She invited us to a pizza party oh. upstairs. We didn't go. Um, That's probably why you're not her fave. <laughs> um, and she was like, you can come to my yoga studio. And we were like going on a hike. Maybe she expects her guests to be, like, more... Like, her BFF? Yeah. Like, maybe... And, like, it sounds like it's not so separated. I've never been to an Airbnb where they're, like, inviting me to a yoga and, like, pizza night. I don't want to know anything more than the house rules and your name. Exactly. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, we didn't park properly. We parked in the right area, but parallel to the fence instead of perpendicular. And she was, like sticky note yeah. on the car. Well, she was, she was like, <laughs> you need to pay, like, facing the fence. And we're like, okay. Oh, I wow. don't know. So it was just, like, very nitpicky. And then and then it would, like, turn around and be like, well, I'm having pizza and some friends if you want to come. Not my fave. Wow. Yeah. So um, I wish I could go back and change my review to, like, very yeah. little. No capitals. No punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> um. I find it really interesting because I have ran an Airbnb out of my house before. Mm-hmm. And you have to You're have, very friendly yeah, with that, though. You have to kind of go with people's... Go with the flow, really. It, mm-hmm. This woman doesn't sound very much with that. She's a yogi, so... <laughs> Maybe we caught her on a bad day, full moon. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> totally, totally. But we love a villain, you know? <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> There was no house rules to or, read, though. Oh, really? No. Or even, like, the dog on the furniture. That should be a house rule if she's very, like... Yeah. Because how awkward for her to come in and talk to you about it face-to-face. It's very awkward. That I can feel... Because it also wasn't just like, oh, and by the way, like, just... She literally was like, get your dog off the couch! Oh. And we were like, ah! I was in the middle of doing, like, a... But it like says a... back in 2011, Cheeto was allowed on. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeto was a good five. <laughs> sure we all have good airbnb stories or bad yeah (laughs) and that's what's What's up up? (laughs) it is my pleasure to welcome my brother-in-law michael i first met michael when i hosted my very first mary Kay party at which my sister convinced michael to attend um michael has been such a great addition to our colorful and spunky family and michael is passionate about medical science Michael, you first began working at the U of A hospital as a OR technician and more recently 
finished school as a medical doctor. Congratulations to you. And we're so excited to pick your brain more today to share more about medical knowledge. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. I'm so excited to um, get to know more. And this episode, we are going to focus a little bit more on vaccines and talk more COVID talk than we usually do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, Michael, let's start off with our classic question. What's the most small town thing about you? Well, I'd have to say that, like, I grew up on a farm uh, outside of a small town, and uh, but I have to say this most small town thing about me is I actually want to practice rural medicine. I enjoy the people in rural communities. I enjoy the type of responsibility that you get imparted onto you as a rural physician, and uh, that's why I'm applying to a lot of rural programs for residencies. I think too, as like a rural doctor, you often end up wearing like so many different variable hats. Like you absolutely, yeah. You don't have a lot of backups, so you gotta you gotta wear a lot of hats. For sure, Alex. What about you? What's the most small town thing about you? Um, Well, did I have chickens growing up and uh, collect their eggs? Did I sell them? No, that was my brother's venture. But I was I was observing. Helping with the chicken, yeah. chicken hand. I was a chicken. It was a chicken hand. <laughs> the operation. What about you, Amy? I was thinking about this on my walk home today because I had a friend come visit. And I remember she was walking through the town with me, and she was like, "I don't know where I'm going." And then I would just walk in the middle of the road, and I realized she'd be like, "Should we go to the sidewalk? Should we go over here?" And I was like, "Oh, it's fine. Like it's totally normal here to walk in the middle of the road down my street." So I'm definitely a jaywalker when it comes to small towns so michael i think what fascinated me is you're kind of already doing this work in some of your rural clinics right now well i've been working in a, doing some observerships but, uh, between med school and residency it involves actually working with uh populations that are unvaccinated as well as vaccinated and uh overall health promotion in general right can we start with like what, not even just the COVID-19 vaccine, but a vaccine in general, what, what is the benefit? What does it do? Vaccines in general. Well, vaccines are all about mitigating disease and like it's preventing both the transmission and the infection of disease. There's many types of vaccinations out there. Most of them are uh, given during childhood. And I find uh, that it's very important that we adhere to certain vaccination schedules for children. So like if you're getting like a newborn baby to this world as a mom or parent at the hospital, you do not, you can't, you don't have a choice, right? They had already administered those vaccines. Well, you have a choice. No, no, no. You would have a choice. They will have any medical treatment. You have, we have to have consent to give obviously, and but there are certain vaccines that are given like right at birth. Uh, hep B, for example, is a type of vaccine that is given right at birth. And then some are given at later times whenever the immune system has time to develop. Okay. So then talking COVID-19 vaccine, one of the things I hear um, is, well, how did they create this vaccine so fast? Is it even safe? Like, because it was so rapid? Nothing was skipped in the process of producing this vaccine. They, they covered all their bases. They just did it in a more rapid way. And that was primarily due to the simple influx of money. 
the Operation Warp Speed. They were funding these vaccines very heavily because they knew the economic cost associated with letting things go, uh, go by slowly. Because they were so well funded, they were able to streamline the phases of approval. Every vaccine goes through minimum three phases of approval. And then usually what we do is we run phase one and then we analyze the data. Then we run phase two and analyze the data. Then we run phase three. And then once it's, then it's approved and we can start giving it to the general population. For this vaccine specifically, they were able to run phase one, phase two, phase three at the same time in, in parallel with each other and then analyze all the data at the, uh, at the same. Because each phase has a different endpoint to which uh, the reason why we do that phase. One is like, does it work? Two is, is it safe? Three is what, po- what level of population needs to receive this vaccine to find out if it works, right? Mm-hmm. And another, another aspect that allowed this vaccine to be produced at such a fast rate was the sheer amount of people that were infected with COVID at the time. Okay, that makes sense. So what are some things that you would say to people who are not completely sure about the data that they're encountering right now towards whether or not they should get vaccinated? Uh it's, that's a difficult question. Is this something that a lot of doctors deal with? Everything we do is kind of based on like a risk versus reward or downsides to the vaccine. And it should be made very apparent to people. Uh, myocarditis being one of them. Sorry. Myocarditis is inflammation of the heart. Okay. Uh, it can be caused by a lot of things. Uh, viruses is one of them. Uh, and, but we wouldn't be giving vaccinations if there wasn't a significant reward i.e. being a reduction in the transmission as well as the infection rate of COVID. And there are significant downsides to catching COVID, one of them being myocarditis. Okay. So either way, you could get this same. (laughs) Isn't that with with so many things? Like I'm on antidepressants. Oh, great. There's a huge reward. But yep. there are lots of side effects that oh, are. Oh, yeah. Even something something as simple as a blood pressure medication can, you can risk an acute kidney injury. Yeah. Uh, everything's a balance of that risk versus reward. But do we not give the blood pressure medication to avoid developing a kidney injury on the offhand chance that you might, and then do nothing about your blood pressure and risk you developing a stroke? That's. And that's the balance that we always have to come up with. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like case by case for each individual, right? If they are unsure, then they should seek the medical doctor's professional advice into terms of like what is best for them given their health factors already that are in their life. Yeah. And then always go to your family doctor and discuss your health concerns with them. And that's, that's their job. Their job is an advocate for their patients and so another thing i hear is um like we live in a rural community and covid hasn't been as aggressive here as it has been in say like the bigger centers so why would i have to get vaccinated if i'm living rural even though i don't know anyone who has covid well the it's actually like a 
misrepresentation of of the truth, you're actually more likely to spread COVID in rural populations. Um, Georgia, for example, they actually say that you're twice as likely to spread COVID in a rural population than in a urban center. How, how come? Because just to the fact that there actually is a lower adherence to virus prevention protocols. In August in the United States, you know, this is American data, it actually, there we saw a flip. We actually saw more rural communities become, uh, having problems with COVID-19 than urban centers. Is that August 2020 or August 2021? That's uh, August of 2020. Okay. Because I'm kind of curious, like, I think there was part of me having come from a bigger center and being back in these rural communities, I was like, oh, I feel like a little more at ease. Like I can control the population that's around me a lot better in terms of like how much I'm coming in contact with people. But now this, this year, the nation rate, even in our town right now is about 50, 50. And I feel more at risk now, a year later, mm-hmm the summer or you will go into places and Amy will phone me and she's like everyone here is unmasked you know yeah and and that's something we see we see about a 10% reduction in simple hand hygiene we see a 50% reduction in mask usage Mm -hmm. the per capita spread in rural areas is actually significantly higher it can be up as much as 80% higher wow and then like that's worrisome because I know our own hospital doesn't have the capacity or everything that is needed. Uh, Ventilators. Yeah, yeah. you are hospitalized. And, and that's, and that's absolutely true. And that's why, why rural communities do need to get vaccinated, why they need to abide by these protocols because rural residents have limited access to high quality healthcare. Their populations tend to be older and they tend to suffer more underlying chronic conditions. And whenever you have chronic conditions and you get a COVID-19 infection, you're more likely to get severely ill. And right now, according to the CDC in the United States, people in rural communities are 33% more likely to die of COVID than their urban counterparts in the same state receiving the same medicine. Yeah, that's so wild. That's hard hitting. Though. Yeah, like, that's a high percentage. <laughs> you like suss out what's fact and what's misinformation these studies you want to see peer-reviewed studies sort of that you need to see trusted sources the cdc you want to see from health canada you want to see place from places that you know and trust and not websites that are facebook Facebook, (laughs) a perfect example instagram stories yeah (laughs) seen people or know people who have had the vaccine and have gotten COVID. How come this vaccine didn't stop them from getting COVID? So no vaccine in history is 100% effective at preventing infection. There has never been one in history. And it was, it was well established that if you take a vaccine would not be 100% effective at preventing infection. And this is such a prevalent virus. And the argument I hear often is, um, I'm young, I'm not the population it's targeting um, for death. And so like, I'll survive it if I get it. I'm not gonna get vaccinated. Oftentimes individuals in the non 
at-risk population do get sick and still go to the hospital. That is still happening. Many more people who get COVID have to go to a hospital. And the important thing to remember in this whole thing is if you're filling a hospital bed, it means that there's one less bed for someone out there who gets a heart attack, who gets hit, hit by, by a car. bus, yeah, hit by a hit by a car, hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. It's one less bed for them. And if our hospitals are so full treating COVID patients, it's impossible to treat everyone else who has no idea when they're going to get sick, if they're going to see it sick. And that's why so many people that think that they're like oh I'm safe I'm okay but the the problem is we've seen so many people have to go to the hospital as a result I have a question um I know right now the work that you were doing Michael you were in that clinic and you were kind of helping people make the decision for themselves by educating them and providing them further insight has there actually been a case where you've had to you know make the decision with an individual that it's best that they don't get the vaccine? No, I haven't, okay. <laughs> I haven't come across anything. I wanted like, to know. Yeah. No, health can there are specific reasons why you cannot yeah. get vaccinated. There are. Okay. Um, you know, and is that off the top of your head? Two specifically. There are two specific reasons why you cannot get, uh, get vaccinated. If you discuss that mRNA vaccines actually can per- cause myocarditis. Right. So if you're actively suffering from myocarditis, okay, it's probably best you don't get vaccinated at this right. time. Right. But right. You, should you should be getting treated for that. You right? should get treated for myocarditis. Yeah. And then your cardiologist will determine if right. you can get vaccinated and when you can get vaccinated. The second one is vaccines. Some individuals suffer an allergic reaction to the vaccine, to the flower then you should be referred to an immunologist who okay. would determine whether or not uh, which vaccine you could receive as a result. Right. That is but, very good to know. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I know yeah. Lori and I are both very fearful of needles, but it wasn't a question in my head that I wasn't going to get it. I mean, Alex was singing right beside me for my second dose and yeah. I was able to bring a friend. So I think... This was really helpful to to hear your knowledge, your insight, the work that you've been surrounding yourself with. Um, just helpful in the process for people making the decision who are still unsure. And even helpful for me who has been vaccinated. Um, I don't get bogged down by misinformation. I'm learning things like beyond mm-hmm. what I know. Yeah. Um, for our closing, could we ask instead why each of us got vaccinated? Okay. Like why, like, why did you get vaccinated, Amy? I feel like mine is a bit selfish, to be honest. Um, I feel like I got vaccinated because my journey to travel the world is not over. And it is one step closer for me to continue to see the world. So that was really my reason. Okay. What about you, Alex? Um, I want to see my family. And I want to make sure I'm vaccinated. So then when I go home to my family, I don't bring yeah something and I, I in the sense too it makes me feel safe mm-hmm. yeah michael what about you well mine's not very dissimilar from yours alex uh when i got vaccinated i got vaccinated in 
December of 2019, actually, and I was at Elmhurst Hospital in Queens, New York, and I was scared to death that I would ever take this virus home to my wife. Mm-hmm. Aww. Like, so, literally, the term scared to death works in this situation. And I just, and that, and that's absolutely why I had to get vaccinated as soon as I could. So I was one of the, I was one of the first to get vaccinated in the United States, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, thank you so much for joining us, Michael. You are a plethora of knowledge. And we I'm happy to be here. You. Yeah, well, you shared so much information for us and for our audience as well. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you. Thanks again um, for Michael for being on the show. An actual doctor. Yeah. It's so exciting for him. I think he also, what he didn't talk about is just showing the story of pursuing your dreams. Um, Michael actually worked in a hospital for years before, you know, deciding to bite the bullet. And I think he took a lot of heat from people around him. Like, it's so late to go into med school. And now he's on the other end of it. And he's like, yep. I'm a doctor now. So, so good. I know it's that is inspiring, but he is such a great advocate to talk about weighing up the the scientific aspects, the data, the influences that were kind of shot at us as people when making decisions that are for our health and well being. Yeah. I mean, he was so knowledgeable, like he was right there with the stats, with yeah. like with everything. It was honestly surprising to me to hear about COVID being like more persistent and more of a problem in rural settings because, you know, in your head, even, even at the beginning, I was like so scared to go to Edmonton. I went, I think with you to Edmonton for the Mm -hmm. first time and we just stayed in a hotel together and I was like very worried. I was like, COVID is everywhere, you know, not a panic attack, just worried. Um, And then hearing like, in in rural areas it's like much more of a problem like per capita mm-hmm. um i was like oh oh god yeah great yeah. you know <laughs> but it i don't know i think he did a very good job because i can i can get defensive and also like why aren't you vaccinated kind of thing and mm-hmm. michael did a good job i like he just like presented the facts mm-hmm. like this is what a vaccine is this is the research that goes behind it this is the benefit and this is the not benefit of getting vaccines, you know, like, yeah, speaking to him kind of reminded me when the when the vaccine was just about to roll out. I remember they had a circulating panel of four doctors that was visiting all these small communities. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get a chance to go to the one that they had here in Stetler, but I did actually thank them. I wrote, emailed back and wrote like, what a good thing, because that's the thing the public needs to hear more from directly. Yes. And so like even Michael's work right now, like he's helping in a clinic helping people bridge that gap of comfortability understanding and knowledge and yes it's important for everyone to hear those factors when making a decision for their health and well-being and i think that's what we need to focus on more making Mm -hmm. the facts making people knowledgeable so that they can understand in order to make the choice that's best for them because Mm -hmm. he said there are some people that maybe he wouldn't recommend and but it was like very few it was oh literally yeah like two cases yeah are you allergic and yes. is your heart inflamed yeah if your heart is inflamed check back in two weeks yeah exactly and if you're allergic maybe get not pfizer but moderna right literally yeah <laughs> i don't know i like this is my like opinion coming out a little bit more i even one of my favorite lines was when you're like 
well, Michael, um, you're, you're dealing with people that are like coming to you and asking like, um, should I be exempt from getting the vaccine? Mm-hmm. Um, are there any people that you've said, yes, you should be exempt? And he was just like, no, <laughs> like, not, not even in that tone. He was just like, no, like, zero. Yeah. But I've been like talking to him a lot about the story because I do like, you can feel that polarization in our world right now where yeah. it's like, and like, we've even said that as vaccinated people were like, I don't know if I really want to hang out with vaccinated, unvaccinated people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're starting to hear that. And it's like, it's not that these people are less than, it's like, what are they missing? What are they missing to make the decision? Because the more I've talked to people who are unvaccinated too, it's a conversation of like, they don't know as much. Um, They're not comfortable. And so they need to have that discussion. They need to be able to ask the questions to a professional. Uh, Yes, to a professional. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe not rely on, oh, well, I overheard this. And, and well, that's scary. So many people are talking. There's so, there's so much like almost hysteria around like mm-hmm. COVID 19 and the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel like talking to a professional, just listen to this episode. It was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Thanks again, Michael. You did great. It's, it's time for Jar of Questions. I am so excited for this jar of question, Alex. Well done on the write-in. Thanks. The question is, give us a hypothetical Yelp review from an ex. I feel like you wordsmithed yours so well, so I feel like I should go first. Okay, go for it. I feel like some backstory is important. I decided to channel my ex that was my long-term ex who probably has a little more spiteful feelings for me. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's brief, but anyways, if, if I was writing as him or he would say this, I guess (laughs) an efficient woman that gets things done. She did manage to rip my heart out and crush it into a million pieces over the process of five years. Still picking up myself together now. Not my fave. One and a half out of five stars. Not my fave. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Let the record show that it's all lowercase. <laughs> One out of five stars. Hey? Yeah, I I think even if we were to pass in the street, and I was like bleeding out and be like, ah, help me, and he was the only person passing, he'd be like, mm, no, <laughs> really. I think he just has a lot of hurt around yeah. me leaving or sorry you get shit on as the dump e, yeah. but it's still painful. But yeah. I think people are always like. Right. You're the bad person in this, right? And it's not necessarily I feel the case. like all my breakups have just been, like, not a... It's always, like, a mutual, like, we need to break up kind you of situation. You come to an understanding? Yeah. Mm. I'm never the one to say it, though. I'm like, you say it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say it together. <laughs> one, <That's> two, three. <laughs> We're breaking we up. married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so this is mine. I incorporated... A literal quote from an ex. Good. Realistic. Yeah. Yeah. So if this was on the Yelp website, it would say this. You know, when we were together, things were good, but we weren't the right fit. It's as if her life is a puzzle and I'm a piece of the wrong puzzle. And she tried to make me fit, but it just won't work. A three out of five stars. I know. I like very appropriate for you and the puzzle metaphor. Love that. Mm. Yeah. The puzzle metaphor really worked. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I can't wait to hear people's response me too do not and disappoint if you us. are our exes 
write in on our actual yes. Yelp reviews, please. Please. <laughs> yeah, I think that my other exes wouldn't be as rough. I don't think I would get a 1.5 from the rest, but okay. this one that I was channeling, 1.5. Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Your hypothetical Yelp review from an ex. Yeah. What would they say about you? Ah, uh, I can't wait. <laughs>